everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show, You. Today we'll be covering the fourth episode from season two, titled The Good, The Bad, and The Hindi, and the fifth episode, Have a Good Welkind, Joe. What an odd t- uh, word, I guess, Welkind. Yeah, last week when I put that in, I'm like, did I misspell that? Did I put a K in there? But no, it's it's a Welkind. Yeah, that... Oh, goodness. L- l- this show, I'm learning so many things. Like, I spend probably more time on Google, <laughs> um, Googling things, um, than, than any, but it's fun learning because I do love to learn. Um, but I'm just like, what the hell is this and what is that? I've never heard of a Welkind. I need to spend more time in California, I think. What would you think about these two episodes? Uh, I liked them. I think watching them back to back was uh, was helpful. I think just watching... Well, I guess uh, the good, the bad, and the Hindi uh, had a pretty good ending. Episode five was not a ton of movement, a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, I think watching these back to back was a, was a good op, good choice. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think they went really well together, and you know, we talk about it a lot because we cover a lot of Netflix shows. Um, how sometimes, kind of in the middle, you kind of get that lag. They start out kind of strong, and then mm-hmm. kind of sometimes in the middle, they, it kind of starts to just lag a little bit, and then it will pick back up. So I feel like we're kind of in the middle, which I feel you know we're on what episodes um, four and five, right? So um, yeah, we're right at the halfway mark. Yeah, yeah. So th- it goes up to ten. So we're about there in the middle. So it makes sense around this time where it starts to kind of dip just a little bit and you're kind of like um okay so i think i think we're pretty well on target with that anyway um but i thought i mean for me like at least as far as episode four uh you know if we're talking about that um for me like the biggest surprise here is like okay 40 dates women or that candace is back what's the bigger surprise (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know for me so but I, I had a good time with these two episodes, and I'm excited to start yeah. talking about them. I'm um, excited to hear what you have to say, so why don't you get us kicked off with your top five? Yay! Okay, number five. I, I want to talk a little bit about um, – there was a little bit of uh, a clip that we got to see where Forty actually produced a film, um, and that was called The Third Twin um, – and, and which is like the symbolism that they had in, in for that movie or whatever that it was um, – this got me thinking, these two episodes here got me thinking about that a little bit. Um, it feels like there's a, a more to that, this third twin. So we know that um, Forty and Love are twins, and then he's talking about like the third twin, and it's got like a, a head chopped off um, or lobbed off in this um, picture, um, the movie poster that they have. And I feel like there's a little something to that, like there's more than just this, you know, um, fiction to it. I'm wondering if he could somewhat maybe be responsible for the death of Love's husband. We get a lot about how um, nothing can come between him and Love and and their their relationship. And I feel like there's just a lot of weird, unhealthy sibling stuff happening here between them two. There's Love gives Joe a handy while she's on the phone <laughs> with her brother. Yeah, that was kind of <laughs> odd. Ew. I mean it's just weird to me. I think she was Um, on the phone and he was giving her a little sweet lovings too. Yeah. And then love insists when her and Joe are talking about their relationship, she insists on keeping it a secret um, because 40 would feel threatened. 
Um, it almost feels a little bit like a flowers in the attic situation. <laughs> in some, okay, a little in some Game things. of Thronesy. <laughs> it's a little a little weird. It feels like you know they don't have a lot of boundaries here, which I know Joe. Um, you know, kind of tells love. He's like, you guys, you should establish boundaries. You guys should have some boundaries. He's, this is the one thing that I will sit here and nod my head and totally agree with Joe <laughs> on. Like, you guys need some boundaries. It's just kind of, you know, strange the way that, and I don't know. I mean, maybe, I don't know, guys. I have a little brother. I don't, I, I didn't do that. I mean, I might have like, like when she, when love is sitting there like stroking, you know, 40s hair and the way that she, you know, touches him is a just cross is just a little bit for me. It just seems a little awkward. I mean, I have uh, a little brother and I mean, I might've, when he was a little, cause he's, there's a huge age gap between us. So I, I took care of him a lot when he was um, really little. And if like he was sick, I might stroke his forehead or something like if he wasn't feeling well or something, cause it made him feel better. But I mean, he was a, a toddler and he was sick. Um, but you know, I don't know. It just seems like it crosses a little bit of a boundary to me with them. And yeah, I, I, I was, just, I was getting a little bit like motherly senses from it. So I wasn't, I haven't really gotten any of kind of like the flowers in the attic feel yet, but I definitely can kind of see where you're going with it though. That like, if they drop that in a couple episodes, like it definitely wouldn't be too shocking. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know that it's full on there. I started to kind of feel that, but I was like, well, I don't think we're there that far just yet. It just feels like there's just a lot of, um, you know, an unhealthy sibling relationship. And then of course, when we get to episode five, I feel like, oh, now we probably kind of understand that a little bit, but I feel like there's just something, you know, the way that she can't have anyone too close to her because that then threatens, you know, his relationship with her. And technically he can't either because when Amy shows up, which isn't Amy, it's Candace, but when she shows up, she seems pretty threatened by that too. Like, yes. I don't think she was too keen on like him finding somebody. And she was even kind of griping about it after he – like we didn't see all this stuff, but at, uh, South by Southwest, when they're talking about that, she seemed a little bit jaded or – not jaded, but more uh, like she felt left out of the, the right. stuff going on. And, and maybe some – and you're right. I agree. But I wonder if some of that could just be – Based on the history, when Love talks a little bit about the types of girls he typically picks up, maybe he's just got such a, a poor track record with the girls that he selects and dates um, that she's just like, ugh, you know, another one or whatever. I, yeah. I can well, understand that. Like, I, said, I have a little brother, and sometimes I'm like questioning, I'm like, come on, you could, yeah, <laughs> you could do better. Come on, <laughs> maybe that's the, maybe that's a big sister in me. I don't know. Maybe that's just a sibling thing. But um, I'm just kind of like, come on, bro, you know. Pick a, pick a better fish from the pool, um, you know. But, I mean, I feel like, and also, like, I feel like maybe love could have maybe been the one, you know, I know that they said that the nanny, that au pair that they had uh, when they were young, and she, we find out that Lo, or, uh, Forty was molested um, and abused by their nanny. She was 19, and they were, like, 13. 13 and or she, 14, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, maybe it was 14. And she ended up killing herself. And the, and the way that Love talks about it and how protective she is over Forty, I wonder if she had something to do with whatever happened to this nanny and how, yeah. how much of a suicide it really was. So we're kind of talking – so this actually is my number two is the babysitter. Oh. And because there was mentions of the babysitter before and how like some stuff had happened. And I kind of assumed like either because like, again, we talked about like there's a weird connection between 40 and, and, and a uh, love. So maybe something happened there. And I thought like maybe the babysitter was the one that kind of 
had that happen. Mm-hmm. But we find out in this is like, okay, well, no, like the babysitter and uh, 40 are the ones that had some type of relation, not even a relationship, I guess it was. Well, I, I guess that's a confusing thing because the way she said it, he hasn't even come to terms that he was abused, right? He still thinks it was some type of relationship, some type of like actual right. love. Yeah, like it was his, he thinks of it as his first love, not really Yeah, abuse. it was like yeah. a mutual right. thing instead of a, like an abusive situation. And, you know, when the parents found out, because I guess the parents caught him, you know, they, she ended up covering it all, but then she killed herself and they covered that too. But, you know, with this family that has all this money and all this kind of glorification around themselves, you know, I, I was thinking more towards the side of love had something to do with that, you know, protecting her brother even more. And, she, mm-hmm. you know, because we had insinuated it's like well it was kind of weird that her husband died like it felt like they were like kind of putting some trails out there about they couldn't figure out what it was and he just passed away Mm -hmm. it's like okay well does she know something about being able to concoctinate some kind of cooking thing you know because she's a chef she's she's a chef yeah and you know is she kind of good at being able to poison people and what makes me kind of wonder this, it, nothing really came from it, but they really like stuck on the shot of Candace's glass, what she was drinking from. And so oh, yeah. that kind of like made me wonder too about like, okay, well, what's, what's, what's the meaning of that? Is something, is something already starting to be put into uh, love's food and drink? I don't know. That's all speculation, but it, it all, it's, I, I, I never even thought about 40 being the one to do some of this stuff, but it definitely could be. You know, it could be, and maybe they're doing it together too. Like maybe they're, you know, uh, like the Menendez twins kind of thing. You know, they're just a diabolical twin group, or maybe it's one or the other. Maybe just, just a little off. Definitely. Whether, you know, uh, whether she, because I, I know I mentioned before, like I had maybe, um, speculated that maybe she had something to do with her husband's death, which I think is still possible. But I also think that it could have been possible that 40 might have had something to do with it, or she had something to do with the uh, suicide of the the nanny um, that they had. I, I think that there's just this weird, you know, relationship that they have, which, like I said, when you see their parents in the next episode, <laughs> you know, which I'm sure we'll talk more about, um, but it's like now some of that starts to kind of make sense. So I don't know. Just I thought that I, that I would just kind of mention that that this you know I feel like there's a lot more going on here, um, a lot more layers to peel, um, and I, I think there's a lot uh, more than meets the eye for sure when it comes to to those two and their relationship and how I think it's one thing to have a good sibling bond with each other. I don't question that, but their um, comments about each other and you know how just how they kind of touch each other just is a little off-putting for me anyway. Interesting. Like in the first season, you're really kind of like Beck had some kind of interest there, but it was really more following Joe's character. Mm -hmm. Whereas this, it's more because in the first uh, season, Joe basically told us everything about Beck right away, Yeah, but he's not really doing a lot of that back, you know, that searching right now. So we don't really know a whole lot about these, these family he's in. So we're getting exposed to it just like he is more naturally. And I think, that's what's kind of like not irritating or frustrating, but it's like we don't know these things. Whereas at this point in Lassie's, we pretty much knew everything we needed to know about Beck. Yeah. 
But I and I but I like this though because oh, we can't too, yeah. we I wouldn't want a, a, a repeat of season one. No, you know, yeah, for sure. Of, of exactly how it was all laid out, I think it you know as exciting as what season one was at the moment. I wouldn't want to see it repeated. I want to see something a little new and a little fresh. So I do like at least how they're kind of carrying that out a little bit. We're getting exposed to it more like Joe, um, and it's kind of broadening the story just a little bit. So. I'm liking it so far. But anyway, that's I've rambled a lot about that, but that's my number five. What's yours? I like it. So my number five, uh, if we were just doing one episode at a time, it would be Hindi Suicide. But since we're doing two <laughs> episodes, it's Hindi Suicide slash Murder. Yeah. Uh, the first thing, I mean, it was, I kind of giggled and had to write it down, but it's funny that, you know, numerous times we see bricks, rocks, heavy objects to the head and nobody dies, but mm-hmm. you trip down some stairs and smack your head against a wall and dead instantly. Yeah. Just I thought that the right was right crack funny. of the head. I thought the exact same thing. I'm glad. I'm like, dang, he, Joe is like literally with all his might whacking somebody, you know, which should be causing, you know, some type of skull fracture, brain bleed, brain swelling. But this dude falls down like five steps. <laughs> yeah. And he's done. <laughs> yeah. But I, I enjoyed uh, the whole kind of thing. So he, he goes to protect her or, uh, to help Ellie. And it was it was just certain things were kind of like very Joe. You know, like he's there and, you know, he's trying to – he sees that, oh, he's actually doing what he isn't. And it was a real – actually, let me back up even further. I think it was really a good uh, – not case study, but just a, a good predator – like exposure. Yes. So, you know, it was because at first you're like, well, maybe Hindi isn't that bad of a guy. And as an audience member, I think you're even kind of like, well, maybe he didn't do the things he said he did or like maybe something like it was just we weren't really sure like what was going on because he seemed like an actual nice guy. He was grooming all of us, Sean. He was. And that's what you <laughs> see right there. It's yes. this 15 year old girl shows up and he's like, hey, you know, the party's no, you know, more. There's not anybody here. She's like, well, I came all this way. He's like, well, I'll call you an Uber. And Joe's like, oh, my God. He's like, he's tricking her into thinking she oh, wants to stay kind of thing. Yep. And it's all her idea. Yeah. Very Predator-esque type things, which, you know, those are the people that need to burn in a special place in hell. Yep. And, you know, Joe sees that, like, okay, so he's inviting her in. And, oh, okay, he's making her a drink, but not a an alcohol drink. But, oh, there's the, the drugs <sighs> that he's going to sip in there. And yep. Joe's like, you know what? Not going to have it. And chuck something across the room. And I like it. It's like, because I mean, it's very much a cat thing. Like there's been times in my house, like stuff falls. Mm-hmm. And you're like, had to be the cat. Just had to be the cat. <laughs> uh, but Joe is doing his best to get him to confess. And I feel like Joe is the luckiest unlucky person in the world. Yeah. Because he's trying to get him to confess. He does. Uh, I think, I'm kind of curious what you think too. Hindi, I don't know if this was just Hindi. But he was really starting to poke at Joe being like, oh, my God, like I was, you know, abused as a child. And he's like, you were too, weren't you? That's why you're doing this. And we were slowly seeing some of those things from Joe in flashbacks with his dad and his mom. Mm-hmm. I assume it's his dad. I guess we don't 100% know it's his dad. It could be a stepdad or something like that. But I'm curious what you think about kind of that the interactions that happened there. With the flashbacks specifically? The flashback or? and kind of just the interaction with Hindi too, kind of <laughs> being a a manipulator even in that moment. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, he was – you could definitely tell he was getting under Joe's skin, you know, and, and Henderson was doing whatever he could to connect 
with Joe at some level to, you know, because it's like if you can connect with that person and if you can, you know, instead of sitting there lying, because I think that he knew that he wasn't going to be able to lie his way out of the situation um, and, and get out of it. So if he can like relate to Joe, which he didn't know at the moment it was Joe, but if he can relate to Joe and relate to this person and kind of bring him down, you know, and, and that would make him less inclined to move forward with his plan. Um, and we could see that really kind of tipped Joe because he, Joe doesn't think he's bad and he doesn't want to think that he's on the same level. Now, Joe may not be a pedophile, but he is a, a really bad person. He's a, a psycho. He's a, he's a murderer. Um, and, and many other things you can fill in the blank, but he cannot see himself down to Henderson's level. And, that's of course when he takes his masks off. His mask off and um, exposes himself, which was dumb, FYI, oh, yeah. so dumb. Um, and then, yeah, the flashback. As we get more flashbacks into Joe's past, I think it's interesting to see. But I hope that this isn't just all, um, oh, poor abused kid. Uh, mistreated, grows up to be a psycho killer, or you know, neglected, abused by his parents. Um, you know, and now he's a he's a serial killer. I, I don't really want that played over again. So I hope there's a little bit more to it, or you know, that's not all that goes into what makes Joe who he is. And I don't even know if I need to know or understand what makes Joe um, like who and what he is and how he got to be that way. Uh, I find it interesting though. It's probably one of the main reasons why I watch all those serial killer documentaries. Is I find it fascinating the the inner workings, and it's like you know when when you hear. Um, like behavioral scientists, you know, like the FBI behavioral profilers, when they try to go back and kind of figure out and find those patterns and find those things, you know, that kind of, you know, makes um, a lot of those things common in a lot of serial killers. I find all of that very, very interesting. So I would love to hear more and get that. But I hope that that's not all that it is, because I feel like Joe's pretty complex and I feel like yeah. there's a little bit more to him. He's not just your standard um you know, like serial killer. He's, he's got a little bit of finesse to him. Um, and they've so, really sprinkled that in. A, like they, they haven't made like a full episode focused on that. It's just been flashbacks here and there. Very minimal too, which I think has <laughs> been pretty well done. It's been well done. And it's, it's, I mean, we're getting more pieces to the puzzle, but it's, it, and it's, there's some enlightenment, but we still don't have a clear picture. Like I had made the assumption based on that very first flashback that we got that his mom just abandoned him there at the beach. Like she's like, you know, um, here, take this stuff, take some money, go get some ice cream, go play in the sand and make me a sandcastle. I'll meet you there later. And then I thought, oh, she just left him. And I'm yeah. thinking, well, no shit. He's so messed up. Um, but I guess that was really just like one of her dates because we see that. She like leaves him sitting in a grocery store. What is going on with this <laughs> random day? I, I think we're going to get more into that. Yeah. So I don't want to go too far into it because that's one of my other points later. Um, but I don't know. I liked that interaction, but I did think it was dumb when he removed his mask. Cause I thought, you know, Joe just really kind of needs to rein it in. He has his moments where he can really be cool and collected. And then he has these random freak out moments, but I guess that's why he's a psychopath. Um, and I did have issue with when he's sneaking around the house, when he was swapping the drinks, like when he did, you know, um, toss on his salt shaker or whatever it was across the room and um, distracted Henderson. And he walks in and, you know, um, she's right there, um, Ellie. And it's like, she, it was just really hard. I'm like, you know, it's, it's one thing to think that this guy can be invisible when he's out sneaking around and he puts his hat on and he suddenly <laughs> becomes, you know, invisible and he can snoop on people. He has his magic but hat. I felt like, yeah, his magic hat. Um, 
but this was a little bit harder to, to take. I feel like we're, we're being asked to, you know, suspend our disbelief just a little bit too much um, that he can, um, you know, kind of pull that off. But whatever. I was like, whatever, just move on. Don't, don't hang, no, don't get hung up on it or whatever. I, I try not to get, like I said, I try not to take it. And we've talked about it before, not take the show too seriously um, and just kind of enjoy it for, for some fun. But um, I thought that was a really interesting interaction and clearly um, did not work out well for Henderson in the end. Yeah. And I, I love that. Uh, so we, he, he obviously he's dead. There's a pool of blood and Joe's blood accidentally starts mixing in with it. So he goes to get some stuff to clean it, and we find Again. out that robots are not our friends. Damn, it's like Black Mirror all over again, man. It is, yep. Technology's so it's to, not always your friend. Trying to mix it together, and so he's trying to fix it. And the one thing that I kind of uh, kind of balked my nose at was the interaction with the police officer. Yeah. Because, I mean, that seemed kind of odd that he would have piled everything in the bag just right. And why would he take it back to his apartment complex if he's so smart? So there was, you know, I think he would find like a random dumpster somewhere or something, but that was kind of an odd interaction to that. And plus that he didn't get caught. Like I felt like they were going to open it. It was going to be, you know, stuff that wasn't what he just got done using to clean up the mess. But I, I was really confused by that. Um, and a couple of things, cause you brought up the robot mixing, uh, his his blood. So if that Roomba had not come along and there was just Joe's drop of blood and then there was the pool of blood um, and had it not moved like the pool of blood had not expanded into uh, the droplet of blood. I look, I'm not a CSI. I don't know. And I know that what you watch on TV is not like always real life. I don't know that that one little droplet like had it mixed and um, would it have been enough to detect? I feel like it. Um, they would, would have still been be able diluted to, enough. It would have been, yeah, diluted enough. I don't feel that maybe they would have had some type of inc- inconclusive result. Maybe if there was, you know, two different. But I feel like a drop of blood compared to a pool of blood. I mean, it wasn't huge, but it was enough of a, a pool that it was kind of expanding out. I don't know that that was enough. So to me, I was kind of like, really? I feel like you could have just let that robot go. Like, just you know, let it go and not worry about it. That, that one little droplet. But like I said, I'm not a CSI. I'm not a scientist. Someone, if you're out there listening and you are, let me know because I've tried to do some reading on it and I feel like it's a lot of it's kind of over my head and I'm not really sure. So one, I thought, you know, that was kind of dumb. And then when he bags it all up and he has that interaction with the cop, I feel like it was, how did, that's where I'm confused. Cause what was in that bag was all of that stuff, the bloody vac or the bloody <sighs> robot vacuum and all that you know- stuff. I just had – you know what's going to happen? Because that's the cop that's been hooking up with the, the Yeah, landlady. he's hooking up with Delilah, yeah. And now he has Hindi's headphones. Yes. And now they're thinking that this is a murder. Yes. And <laughs> I don't think he's in possession of any of the pictures, but what's going to happen is this is all going to come back around on that police officer. Oh. That's my prediction. That just popped in my head now that you're talking about it. But that that's feels a like really a, good connection, yeah. Sean. That feels like a very like Joe winning the lottery every single season kind of moment. Wow. You totally we'll get see. kudos for that if that comes out. Because, yeah, you're right. Now they're calling it instead of a suicide, they're saying it's a homicide. Now somehow yeah. these headphones come into play somehow and he's in possession of them. That certainly is suspicious. How would he 
get a hold of them. And then knowing that he's involved with the Delilah, could he have went after Henderson in defense uh, or in the name of justice for Delilah? Um, yeah. And I love uh, Candace's thing too at the end of that when we find out that, oh my God, they think Hendy's was murdered. And uh, she says it a second time because she said it earlier, but uh, Candace is saying, you know, murder has a way of following you. Yeah. Which I thought was really good. Yeah, but, that's true. Yeah, kind of long discussion, but kind of crosses both episodes was kind of Hindi suicide slash murders my number five. Yeah, I thought some of that was a little bit clumsy. Um, you know, putting the hand, which some people, I, I was reading some stuff online and some people had an issue with like him putting the, uh, uh, like handkerchief or towel or whatever it was over his face. And then how can you do that and call it a suicide? I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure he probably removed that when he left. Oh yeah. He probably I just, so. uh, I, I'm assuming he probably just put it over his face so he didn't have to look at him. He could do his cleaning up. He could do whatever he needed to do without looking at his face. He probably took that and threw it in that garbage bag with the uh, little vacuum and the headphones and all that other stuff. So, but I am confused about what was actually in that trash bag. Uh, when Joe was confronted by the, and I don't remember the cop's name, but when he was confronted by him, because I'm like, dude, you're rooting around in that bag. You can't tell me that you cannot see a freaking, like this trash can probably covered in blood. When Joe picked up that vacuum off the floor, it was just all in blood there at the bottom. I mean, that's going to smear everywhere. Yeah, that Um, white trash bag is going to look red. I mean, I just tried to take trash out the other day and the kitty litter was showing through and then it ripped and carried all the way to the (laughs) trash pickup. So... With Sean Don't, cursing along the way. Oh, my goodness. Like, when you're that early in the morning and it happens, you got little cat poops falling out. You're just like, oh. You just go back inside and say, word of advice, never get a cat. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> well, that was really good. That was actually my number four was Henderson. Um, and I think I covered all of my oh, nice. points on that. Just looking through. Yep, that's all my points. So that's actually um, my number four. What's your number four? So my number four might be, uh, it's more of a question. Um, and Tiffany actually watched this with me and I was very confused by this. So, uh, Delilah has the pictures that were left on her stand are in front of her door and she can't mm-hmm. use them because Hindi's not in them. So there's no proof of who they belong to. Yes. Uh, Ellie finds out about that and we see her take them and go away with them. Now, when I saw this, because I, I can't remember if this was, I think this was before Hindi committed suicide slash murder, I think. But either way, I got a feeling of like Ellie's trying to protect Hindi. Like she was trying to get those and was going to take them away and just destroy them essentially. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of confused then by at the end when Ellie shows up and they have a discussion about it. And she's like, oh, I, I understand now. And she's like, but we need to destroy them because if this gets out, then any of the people in the pictures will always kind of have that, I guess, in any kind of like search of what happened. Right. But to me, it still feels like she's kind of protecting and hiding Hindi and allowing him to continue doing what he's doing. Did, did do you have a better understanding of what they're trying to do there? Cause I was really confused by that. No, I don't have a lot of clarity on that subject. I was a little bit confused too. I, I kind of saw where she said, I, you know, every time these girls get Googled or something, or if they get Googled, that those pictures are going to be what comes up. Like if they were actually able to somehow say, yes, these pictures, Henderson took these pictures and he gets convicted or accused, um, and these pictures are used as evidence, then that would be like, 
you know, that would be attached to those girls forever, that that's always going to be, um, they're always going to be attached to that, or they're always going to be attached to those pictures if they ever get out. Um, and they didn't want them to get out anywhere. Um, so is that so, more of a, like an LA type thing, like a younger generation being all over the internet that I just can't quite, cause I mean, I guess I can understand like, yeah, I there'd guess. probably be somebody that could dig and find it. Yeah. But I would think in situations like that, like they probably don't use real names because they're underage. They, that stuff probably wouldn't get out. And if it did, you're in possession of illegal material then at that point. Right. Well, and maybe they just, since, since her cop friend, Delilah's cop friend felt like he couldn't take them into custody because they, there was nothing there, which again, another dumb ass move by Joe, FYI. I, I just, I was screaming at the TV, like, why do you think those pictures are going to do any good? They're completely nondescript. You can't yeah. identify anything in them that, you know, identifies that that's Henderson's house, you know, uh, or his little play dungeon, which was a total letdown, by the way. Yeah, was, well, <laughs> it was kind of lame. But it looked like, like a what, man uh, cave, kind yeah, of. Yeah, but of that's kind of what Joe said. It's like you hide this devious, you know, immoral like illegal stuff in a more tame 50 shades of gray esque so i think that was kind of by design i i was more threatened by the 50 shades of gray red room than i was this um <laughs> i haven't watched love dungeon yet, so but well i have many times um but i usually <laughs> fast forward or skip ahead it's <laughs> it's certain scenes i don't watch it for the art people okay um, <laughs> um or the good writing um but and and maybe that's the whole thing of it. Maybe it's supposed to be somewhat non-threatening if he's. But I mean, I mean, the girls are not willing participants. He's knocking them out, so he doesn't. I don't feel like he has to make this appealing to um, a teenager to lure well, her down there and seem like it's okay, it's all cool down here. I mean, they're they're knocked out. I so, think it's more of just kind of he's hiding his devious deviantness in a more publicly access, acceptable deviance. Maybe. So like Maybe. people find out it's like, oh, well, he's got this weird sex room. And it's like, well, I mean, it's like mild Fifty Shades of Grey. So it's not really like – and everybody knows about it. Yeah, that's true. It was pretty mild. I was, But I was slightly disappointed. I was expecting something really perverse. And uh, I'm sorry. I know it was perverse. It was absolutely disgusting, the, little, the fact that he had some of uh, you know this whole setup, um, you know, taking – photographs of young girls i don't mean to write that off and not make it seem important but i'm just saying is i was expecting like a, a, a full wall of like you know a, a lot of s&m bondage stuff yeah, or something uh, you know something just very ominous looking but it you know he had it just very nondescript but he was smart in that way i guess to keep it very nondescript because then he has the you know this nondescript mattress and then this white backdrop and it's like oh, he's yeah. not it's like he's not even in the pictures there's nothing in the picture to say oh i know that plant over there or that picture or that wall painting or something that would identify that that being taken in his house so i am like and and then um, I'm, you know, I'm, I remember just screaming at the TV like, Joe, you idiot. They, it, this would only be viable if one, the pictures are found in the house. Um, if, if it's taken out, those are inadmissible, you know, in, in any evidence at all. So they have to be found in the house in order to be admissible. And two, even if they were taken out of the house, it, it would be better if Henderson were somehow like doing a selfie with the girls, you know, yeah, and, and he, or he's in the picture with them or something. That's kind of um, what I thought he was going to do when, when all that happened was he's going to more like have them like in his car or somewhere public where he'd be seen with them, like those pictures or they'd be, ex- right. like he'd be exposed with them. 
Exactly. Especially when you find out he's not in any of them. But right. So I just yeah. I expected just I I was like Joe, what are you thinking? I mean I I I don't know. It just seemed kind of dumb on his part. I expected him just to be a you know he seems to be pretty smart and savvy with some things, and that just made me feel dumb. So I'm not really sure what the point was of that, how he thought that that could possibly help because it ended up not doing any good at all. And because of that, he ended up having to go and confront Henderson and do the whole confession thing, which was botched. Um, and then now he's opened the door to uh, an investigation, whereas they couldn't just write it off as a suicide. Now it's an invest- going to be an investigation. Um, so I don't know. And I, I've totally lost where my, more my point was. I think I just started rambling on one of your points. Uh, yeah, so I think yeah, that was just kind of a question on why they wanted to destroy the pictures, but... Uh, I, I don't I, know. I Maybe just because yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't want any nudies that I didn't know. Like if... I mean, I don't want any nudies of me out there at all floating around in the internet world. Like if maybe they got into the wrong hands, maybe, were they thinking yeah. that, oh, you know... Um, because people can just tape you unknowingly like you hear all these horror stories of going to these airbnbs and they've got you know cameras that you don't know about in bedrooms and the person owning it can take these videos and you know of of, you know your intimate moments if you're at an airbnb and they can upload them to the internet well then there you are on freaking you porn um or Pornhub or something that's why i always release my own nudes (laughs) Exactly. You have control <laughs> over it. If I'm going to do it, it's going to be on my own terms. But Got I mean, my own I don't channel everything. Exactly. But I mean, I don't want if anything like that existed of me, whether um, I was a willing participant or certainly if something like that happened to me where someone roofied me and was taking pictures of me like that, I wouldn't want them to somehow because the, if they're just lying around you know, even if they're at Delilah's house, they're still just kind of lying around. Anybody could kind of get a hold of them and be like, oh, yeah. check these out and then upload them to the internet. Um, I wouldn't want that. Maybe they were doing it to kind of protect those girls and say, you know what? Maybe it had nothing to do with Henderson. Maybe it was about just protecting the the, the girls in, in those photographs to say, you know, they have these pictures out here. They don't know that they exist. Let's make sure that they don't somehow get into someone else's hands and we'll destroy them. I don't know. Yeah, and I, and I, I, I'm missing. I can't remember specifically when all that was happening too. Because if it was post him dying, I guess I could kind of get it because he's dead now, so he can't hurt anybody. But if he was still alive and they they decided to do that, that feels kind of more of like you're letting a predator still be out there and be a predator. But right, I I'm, see your point. I see your point. Yeah. I can't remember the exact timing of that either. I feel like when we're watching two of these at the same time, the the, the events kind of meld a little bit. Um, and I had yeah, a hard they, distinction. They weren't super clear on when he found out or when they found out he was dead too. So, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, that was my number four is just more of a question on the, on the pictures. I like it. I'm glad that they're gone though. I wouldn't want to, like I said, I wouldn't want my yeah. stuff floating around out there. I will release my nudes on my time. Yeah. It's kind of as a podcaster though. Like you're really curious about <laughs> views and hits and when you release those and they don't get that many. It's kind of, kind of hurtful. Yeah, I don't I don't need to put that out there and get a bunch of um, you know, oh, <laughs> one star reviews like hey. Yeah. Well, yeah, one star reviews or you know, they don't have the thumbs down, right? They got the thumbs up for the like, but they don't have the, you know, like dislike or whatever. And like with Instagram, like uh, changing how like the likes thing, like you won't see all the likes or something on your oh, really? pictures. I need that validation, man. Come on. <laughs> I need that. Um that was really good. I like that. 
So my number three, I want to talk a little bit more about 40. We've talked about him and love and their relationship, but I really just kind of want to um, talk about him a little bit more because uh, poor dude. I mean, after what the hell happened to this guy, I, I had a hard time liking him at first. You know, I was kind of like, ugh, you know, another rich, entitled, yeah. um, you know, rich boy or whatever. Uh, poor, poor him. And um, so he was really kind of, I, I think, at first really irritating and that's probably what they meant to do when we were first introduced. But as we're learning more and more about him, I'm thinking, geez, this, he has been through a lot. Um, I don't think it excuses all of his behavior, but uh, I, I do am feeling, you know, I'm feeling sympathy towards him. His freaking parents are the worst. Um, the yeah, way. His, oh man. His <laughs> mom's conversation with Joe. Hi, I'm Joe. Love's new boyfriend. Oh, hi, Joe. I have a dry, have a dry vagina. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> I mean. Say it's drier than the Sahara. Uh, it's hard to reach orgasm at this age without this wonder lube we created. You know, I've had you know, I've had lots of discussion with my in-laws, and that has never mm-hmm. come up. And I'm glad it's never come up. I mean, do we kind of see where there's like some boundary issues, maybe yes. a little bit? How you know, talking a little bit about love and forty, and you know how they can't quite define boundaries, and maybe don't know how to, and it feel like maybe they don't have a good example for that because well, yeah, and that too, because so, we find out that they went to some like uh, so they went someplace because they had different ideas what monogamous meant. <laughs> That's what Forty was talking about. So obviously, it sounds like they kind of are in a lifestyle of swinging or mm-hmm. sharing, or open, each other. yeah, well, open relationship, maybe. So, like with that interaction with Will, was she trying to just test him, or was she like, "Hey, like, I've got Wonderloo back in my tent." I think she was testing him. I think that she wanted to maybe test maybe his loyalty to love. Maybe, um, or just, I think just in general test him, like what's his reaction going to be? You know, I, ugh, I wouldn't have been able to say anything, but I tell you, I, I, I joke about it all the time that if, if, if I can't verbally say it, my face is going to say it for uh, me. Uh-huh. I have like, oh, it's the worst when I'm trying to play poker, man. You don't know the kind of focus it takes for me. <laughs> Maintain a poker face. Um, but yeah, that whole thing with, you know, in, in the truth yurt with his, with, with their mom was perplexing to me. I just, I think I spent almost this entire episode uh, just sitting here going, what the hell is going on? Uh, not just the parents, but the whole environment and this whole cult-like feel. I feel like when they got there, I got this whole midsummer vibe. Yeah. Creepy, culty what the hell is happening? I would have immediately, if I were Joe, just turned around and said, I'm out. I will see you when this weekend is over. I'm going to be back in LA. Um, I'm not sitting in any yurt. Um, that, well, it that doesn't was, seem like any of the kids have bought into it. Like 40 doesn't seem like he believes in it. And it doesn't really feel like love believes in it. It kind of felt like this is the crazy thing my folks do and they make a lot of money doing it. So Right. And I feel like, yeah. And I feel like there was a, a an ob- almost semi-obvious kind of um, way that you could kind of tell that love didn't quite vibe with the whole thing, not just with her parents, but like with this whole Welkind thing that they had planned. You know, everybody's in these, you know, white, off-white kind of linen clothes and just everybody's kind of dressed the same and love comes in wearing this black sheath of a dress, which d- didn't quite seem to suit with how she 
was dressing in LA. I mean, she's a pretty casual dresser. I mean, it's LA, so everybody's pretty casual, but you know, she leans, um, kind of this casual slash kind of hippie, um, vibe, which is totally cool. I mean, I think she's got a great style, but then when she comes in, in this, you know, dark, um, sheath, black, you know, dress, it's a very stark contrast to everyone else around her. And I think that was kind of a thing to say that she kind of stood out from all of this and kind of set herself apart from that whole environment is what it kind, kind of, of the, felt like, you maybe know, the black sheep of the family kind of thing. Kinda, but Some just like, there. you know, this isn't my thing, you know, this is, I don't vibe with my parents. This is their thing. I'm not a part of this and I don't like it and I don't vibe with it. And I, you know, I'm, I just kind of do it because she's expected to, um, kind of fall in line with her parents and, you know, kind of do this thing. But that whole thing with their parents was, you know, the way that their, their mom has essentially tasked love with keeping 40 safe and sober. Um, and then- yeah. You know, like when when forty he gets he he falls off the wagon, um, gets his Taco Bell and gets some drugs yep. and acts out. Oh man, I could go for some Taco Bell right now. Uh, um, I know. So We're doing hungry. this twenty one day refresh and it's miserable. I'm on day four and I want to, <laughs> dude, stay strong. Like, do it for do it for all of us, man, ugh. because I'm not doing very well at all. And I I didn't really do any resolutions, but I thought you know I've really got to start getting coming off the holidays and eating like crap. I've really got to kind of get back to my healthy-ish lifestyle, and um, I'm not doing so great because I'm really craving some Taco Bell. I know it's terrible, guys. It's terrible, but there we are. Um, so he gets his Taco Bell, gets his drugs, flips out, and makes an ass of himself at their ceremony. Um, and so her mom is like totally wailing all over love, and she love calls her a hypocrite, which I think rightfully so. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then her mom hits her. I mean, I was like, holy crap. I was kind of yeah. stunned. And Joe, I can't believe Joe didn't say anything. Joe was right there witnessing all of it. He didn't say anything. I'm like, dude, stand up and say something. At least be like, hey, well, let's let's take a moment weird. here. Weird, too, because he's sitting there. And then when he goes up and talks to her, he's like, I saw what your mother did. It's like, well, yeah, you're in the same tent. Dick I know. I mean, it's like, I think, I think I think people outside the yurt could hear. I mean, I feel like what is, yeah. what is a yurt? It's basically a tent. I'm like, I I think that slap was heard across the whole little um, uh, community there. Of, of I think people. Joe just like, oh, he forgot. Like, oh yeah, you did see me there because I wasn't wearing my hat. <laughs> That's on me. I didn't I didn't know if you could see me or not. I was in my hat, <laughs> hiding behind this tent pole. <laughs> um, but yeah, that I thought, oh my gosh, this kind of explains a lot with when you see this relationship they that they have. And then with their dad, um, I mean, I get that kind of not wanting to be asked for money every time that your kid comes around. I feel like, you know, that's probably something where I don't feel so, so sympathetic towards 40 where he keeps going to his parents asking for money. I can kind of see where, you know, if I was in that type of situation, if I was really wealthy and my kid, you know, is pretty irresponsible and keeps coming to me asking for money. I would be irritated. Like but every time he brings a girl over, cause there's the one that went to yeah. make, make the uh, junk food, vegan grocery <sighs> yeah. store or what something. Yeah. Crazy stuff. So I, I can understand that frustration with that, but I feel like their dad, like their dad flat out ignored him. Like every time they were around and he would, you know, 40 would look at his dad and he'd go, hi dad. And his dad would just kind of like glare at him and then just walk away and then he just like kept walking away. Every time Forty came around, he just walked away, and it was like this deliberate av- avoidance of his son. And it had to be so frustrating and sad for Forty. And I feel like that is probably, you know, 
is probably what's made Forty kind of what he is. And I feel like it doesn't give him an excuse to do drugs or to act out or anything. But I feel like that when you when you look at someone who's you know has an addictive type of behavior, and then when he goes through what they went through with the nanny um, and he was abused, and probably a very confusing situation for him because I know he saw it as like, I mean, I don't know. It's it's not a good situation. It is not okay for a nineteen year old to to be involved with a fourteen year old, no matter the 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 gender or sex of either one of the age um, of whichever age. Um, but I could see where a boy would probably be like, oh, an older woman, I'm into this. So I can kind of see where he would <laughs> yeah. kind of feel that way and not see it as an abusive situation. But it's also very confusing for someone of that age. That's why kids that age shouldn't be, you know, be having sex because they're just not developed enough to kind of understand, um, <clears throat> you know, the, the responsibility that comes with um, a relationship like that. So he's got all of that in his head. He's got parents who are, who are assholes. Um, so you can kind of see how he's kind of come to be you know, the way that he is. And like I said, I can kind of see a little bit of their dad, how hard it would be to continue to be financially supportive of someone that is self-destructive and is an addict. Um, and especially if they keep constantly falling off the wagon, it just sounds like Forty can't seem to get his stuff long or together long enough for his parents to maybe be able to trust him. Um, you know, to well, be like finding more about the backstory there. Like I, I think there's a lot of history of why, you know, because his mom kind of babied 40 mm-hmm. and she just did not like love. And it yep. seemed kind of the reverse of the dad. It seemed like the dad like didn't have any hard feelings toward love, but just hated 40. So I'm really curious to see like, why is that the case? What's going on with that family? Yeah, exactly. I, we, I think there's definitely some more layers to peel with the, not just the two siblings, but with the, the family as well. Um did you ever see, did you recognize the mom at all? Love's mom? And I, oh, I can't remember. Was, was it Dottie? Was her name? Maybe. But their 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 mother, did, did she look familiar to you at all? Uh-uh. Where's she from? Did you ever see Deep Blue Sea? Yeah. That was that was the main, um, the lead actress from her oh, name, nice. Burroughs. That, that was oh, her from Deep Blue Sea. That's a good shark movie. I love that movie. Yeah. It, it's like terrible, but I absolutely love it. Samuel Jackson. Um, so many, and, and LL Cool J, you got some fun, fun characters. And I watched that. I used to watch that like at least, uh, once a week for some reason, just pop that thing in and just sit back and just like, don't have to think about anything. Don't think too hard. Just, it's a good shark movie. Not as good as Jaws. Cause that's my all time favorite. Um, but yeah, that, that's her. So cool to see her again. But anyway. Well, that's uh, that was my number three. Anyway, just want to kind of take a deep, deeper dive into forty because I, I feel a little bit more sympathetic towards him. Feel kind of bad for him. Um, still wish he kind of get his crap together. And uh, I don't know. I'm kind of worried about him now that um, Candace has popped back up into uh, into their lives. But anyway, yeah. So that's a good segue. So my number three kind of ties into the South by Southwest Candace and the optioning of Beck's <clears throat> book. So. Uh, you know, I was still under the impression, I was kind of semi-hoping that this book, this show would be a little bit more complex and that these women that Joe was seeing, uh, Beck and Candace, weren't actually real. They were just manifestations of like his darkness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of uh, episode four, we learned that that's definitely not the case because Candace is now Amy with uh, uh, 40. Yep. And it's... I'll hold on to to it a little bit, but it was almost kind of like seeing 
equal combatants between Candace and Joe. Like mm. when you see her show up in episode four, like, oh shit, okay, she's found him. And the way she kind of plays with him in the first half to two thirds of episode five, I'm kind of like, okay, like there's this is like on equal ground and not really like fun, but it's just kind of like, okay, like this seems like an even match. But <laughs> like when they're I'll, arguing or teasing each other about their names. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Will Bettelheim sounds made up. And he's like, Amy Adam? It's very ungoogle, ungoogleable. <laughs> but, you know, it, later, and it's my number one, so I'll, I'll tease it a little bit, but I, I kind of shifted on that where I feel like they're not really on equal playing grounds. And I actually mm-hmm. kind of hate a character more than I originally thought I would. Yeah. But I think what really kind of is like the oh shit moment is when at the end of episode five, they're sitting there. I guess we do find out about Hindi. That was kind of oh shit. But they're talking about like, oh, I thought you were going to make that movie. And he's like, no, I got this book that uh, Amy said and I got the option for it. And it's getting a lot of buzz. And when he hands it over, tons of notes in it, which I don't think are from Hindi. Goes over and it's like seeing like a way again like murder follows you. So I thought that was really like a good f you to to Joe in that moment. Very because, clever of Candace. Oh yeah, because she's she's definitely not trying to. She's not. She's trying to expose him, but she's trying to make it so that he exposes himself. Yeah, I guess is the best way I can put it. Like she wants him to screw up. And her to be able to be like, I got you, and you're not going to jail because of me, because it's because of something you did specifically. Mm-hmm. So I really, I guess not a ton to say on that, but I did really enjoy kind of that back and forth and seeing Candace kind of playing this long game really well. And how she found out about Finding Joe, too, you kind of called it. You said, you know, viral the video. world of the internet, viral <laughs> video. And she just accidentally clicked on it because she needed to take a break and see something. And who does she see in the background? Old Joe in L.A. You never know where those links might take you because I'm I'm I she was saying that and I thought, you know, I kind of do the same thing. You know, I go on my Apple News app and I follow lots of different, you know, everything from like hard news to really light stuff and then lots of entertainment stuff because one, it just interests me and two, it, it's a lot of what we do um, for news and stuff. So, you know, I'll, I'll be scrolling through there and I'll just find something that I normally would not. It's just like clickbait or just something that I normally, you know, wouldn't, but I just kind of need something that moment. And, um, you know, I click on it and usually regret it, but I can totally see how she would have went down that same rabbit hole. So I kind of giggled. A little bit of yeah, that. Yeah, always there was like um, top ten whatever. I'm like, oh, that seems interesting, but then it takes you like sixteen different links, and so yeah, yeah. I kind of stopped doing that. Yeah, I'm always up for a good BuzzFeed quiz. Sometimes you know, like what kind of potato are you or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but- <laughs> Sweet potato. That's what I am. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> better carbs, man. That's a good carb. <laughs> um, well, I like that. That's really good. I. Th- probably going to talk a little bit more about a lot of that and expand into more of my thoughts on that. But I want to go ahead and get into my number two. And we talked a little bit about um, her already, but Joe's mom, uh, you know, like I said, I think I kind of jumped again a little bit whenever um, I mentioned that I thought, oh, she abandoned him. But it looks like now she was just on a freaking date. Um, so I'm, I'm curious. I, I guess I have more questions. I don't have a whole lot of insight. I just feel like I have more questions. Um why was she hooking up on the side? Was she earning money to leave her husband? Um, you know, doing like a little, you know, side hooking. Um, 
you know, or is it just something that she just, she's just cheating on her husband just to, because it's, you know, she just wants to hook up. I mean, I've, I've known people like that. So to me, this isn't like, you know, out of the realm, you know, of, of possibilities or whatever. Um, but I mean, this whole family is screwed up. I mean, they're her, his dad. And again, if that's his real dad, I feel like that's what they were trying to establish because she did say, you know, when she was talking to him, she said, your son, referring to young Joe there standing there. And I thought, oh, so that's his dad. But I think they did a really poor job of matching, you know, someone that kind of looks like Joe because his mother doesn't really favor Joe as far and as far as the casting. If that if they're trying to sell us that that's his biological dad. Doesn't quite look like him, but yeah, well, maybe that's it's always not. the question with stuff like that. Yeah, it's like, is that intentional? Yeah. Or are they trying to say that it's not actually Joe's dad because, you know, we see she's with what, two different people that we know of? Well, yeah. I guess three if you count the dad. And so you're kind of like, okay, well, like, is that actually his dad? Is that why he's so hateful? And, or, I mean, it's just, yeah, questions that we don't have any answers to. Yep. But it's definitely all messed up. And um, I think seeing kind of some of the things that, that Joe grew up with you know, doesn't excuse his behavior. Like I said, I feel like there's never an excuse for, you know, anybody becoming a murderer or psychopath or anything like that. Um, and I think there's a lot of different things that, that kind of go into that. And I'm certainly not the uh, uh, authority on that at all, but just interesting on getting more into what his mom is really doing. I thought that she said something about trying to get money to, you know, maybe she doesn't have any money of her own. Maybe she doesn't have a job or any way of getting a job. And that this is her way of trying to earn money on the side that, um, you know, she can keep from her husband and so that she can leave. I don't know if that's really the best way to go about it, but, um, I don't know, just kind of curious as if there's something more to all of that and kind of getting, you know, figuring out what happened with his family. Like, I don't know, did Joe as a young boy kill his father or something like that? I don't know. I feel like there's just some really creepy vibes is what I'm getting from yeah, all Yeah, because that. that was the secret she told him. She says, oh, you know, you want to hear a secret? And she says that she's going to kill him, so. Yeah, so, ugh, I don't know. Just very short because we don't get a whole lot into I mean, we got some more stuff, but just probably more questions than anything. So that's all I really have um, to say about that for my number two. What's yours? My number two was the babysitter, which I think we've kind of touched everything on. So I think I'm ready to hear your number one. Number one. Well, I want to talk about Candace. I mean, you talked about her, but I want to kind of elaborate a little bit about her. Um, and my original view of her, it, for me, it was really easy to view her as the villain in the story in season one. Because the show, definitely at least from season one, and I feel like definitely season two as well, is told from Joe's perspective. Um, and through his, you know, internal narration that we get to be a part of, we see everything through his, this, you know, romantic fil- filter while he's telling the story. And so we get this view of Candace and it's, you know, you we're led to believe like she was the bad guy. She did all of these things. and And I mean, and then as you... You, you kind of do that flip and you realize, and you should be realizing it in season one anyway. I think we all pretty well, you know, yes, Joe is a bad guy for sure, but um, he definitely made Candace out to be the villain. Well, this episode, we finally got to see what happened between him and Candace. And it was quite an eye opener for me, even though I acknowledge and I, I, you know, tell myself, Joe's a bad guy. Quit getting swept up into, you know, you, you cannot root for this guy. You know, I have to kind of keep reminding myself of that. And 
this really helped put that into perspective for me because seeing what Candace went through and what Joe did to her gives a whole other perspective uh, for me. Um, you know, he, I, I know he didn't like mean to, well, he thought, um, you know, putting in quotations, kill her. He thought he killed her. I know that that wasn't intentional, but he was hurting her. He kidnapped her, um, had her in the back of a van. Of course, she's going to be scared to death about that situation just because that's a person that you thought that you cared about. Um, doesn't make that okay that they do that to you. Dragged her out in the middle of the woods, um, hurts her, thinks that he kills her, and then freaking buries her in a shallow ass grave and leaves yeah. her for dead. Um, I that that this is actually my number one is just simply Joe is a monster mm-hmm. because I mean all the stuff he did with her when he's taking her out for that picnic, like you saw a dude that was unhinged. And again, I keep going back like that's not the first time he's done it. I I can't believe that that was just a spur of the moment. You know, a 28, 25-year-old Joe's like, oh, no, I I need to do this. And if again, it just felt like he's done it before. And it always seems like I think he – like the way he was doing it, like he hits her head against that log. And he's like, well, I didn't mean to. But there's a lot of like, oh, I didn't mean to's Mm -hmm. that happens around Joe. Yeah. And the conversation he has inside of her tent when she's got that knife, he's like, she's not even holding the knife right. He's like, I could just wait. No, that's not me anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ugh, that dude's, you know, I don't know if it's the the original book owner that's kind of trained him in these things or what, but but I know that truth circle, like when he came up to give her a hug and you oh saw gosh. that like like that was like legit like PTSD type stuff where like I think she showed up here thinking like I've got Joe I've got and you like I don't blame somebody like I couldn't handle that and it was disheartening too like it was like like in that moment I wrote down I'm like no Joe is a monster because he has no concept of like well I I can give her a hug like it's no big deal that look when he just looks at her and he's just like you know come on you know like almost Uh. daring her to and has his arms open and Ugh, that I'm 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 gonna be perfectly honest here. I'll I'll talk about something I have not like really talked about in like 30 years. Um, that scene triggered me so much. Whenever I was younger, I was in high school and I was attacked by my boyfriend. Um, mm. well, he was my ex when he attacked me. I'd just broken up with him, and that's what led him to attack and assault me. Um, and I and that was a very traumatic thing that happened in my life and I had a restraining order you know when when the when the female cop was like well we could get a restraining order but I can tell you that that doesn't really mean a lot that's just a piece of paper um and doesn't you know people just don't take that into consideration at all and I don't think I could have ever um been able to face my attacker like Candace has you know I know she's putting up this brave friend she's you know saying I'm going to take you down and I'm going to make you pay and I couldn't get justice for me but I'm going to make sure you can't hurt anyone else um and I will somehow take you down and it may not be take you down because of what you did to me but I'll make sure that you go down one way or another um and that was a really difficult and a really eye-opening kind of scene and kind of you know just really hard to watch knowing that that's kind of how the world works knowing that the cops could not help Candace at all it's like well yeah. you know yeah here she is she's covered in dirt and and muck and her hair's askew and she's crying and she's trying to you know she 
went and told people what, what happened. I mean, people get told all the time, well, why didn't you talk about what happened? Why didn't you tell somebody what happened? Um, how are we, how can we believe you if you didn't talk about it or tell people? Well, she went and she immediately, you know, got help and t- was trying to tell them what happened. And they're like, we can't help you. We have no proof and there's nothing that we can do. And I know that the cop was like trying to, I, I'm really conflicted about what that female cop told her as far as, you know, we'll just, you know, he thinks that you're dead, stay dead. Yeah, that was kind of an odd thing to say, but... Yeah. I mean, I kind of see where she was kind of going with it on one side, but on the other side, I'm just kind of like, are you kidding me? Um, so I don't know. I kind of have to applaud Candace and trying to, you know, I, I feel like I still have kind of issues with her, but maybe it's just the actress more of how she's coming across. I don't know. But as far as her character and kind of understanding a little bit more about what happened and, you know, kind of getting... Um, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, she was a bad person because she cheated on Joe and, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he killed her, maybe he didn't. And, you know, um, it wasn't just, you know, it was a, a much more fleshed out story and kind of seeing that just made my skin crawl um, when he, when she had to hug him and you could clearly see what she was yeah. going through in that moment. That was very difficult for me to watch. I did not want to watch that scene a second time. <laughs> that was too much for me. But um I don't know. So I'm not sure that her plan makes complete sense trying to prevent Joe from hurting Lever 40 or anyone else. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm here for it. I do. I do think it was a clever plan for her to, you know, hey, 40, check out this book, you know. Yeah. So. Well, it's one of those. I want Joe to get it in the end now. But. He, he kind of has to. Right. I mean, there's only one way for him to go eventually. Yeah. When it all come, when it all is said and done at the end, I mean, I, it's well, fun to watch him. You know, we 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 reference Dexter a lot, right? It's fun to watch Dexter kind of go through and do his thing. And and for anyone that doesn't know how Dexter ended, um, spoiler alert, because uh, I'm going to talk about it just or just kind of mention it, but you know, Dexter should have died. <laughs> yeah. Know? Oh yeah. I mean, that... in the end, he should have went. Um, and I feel like that's what hap- has to happen to Joe. Yeah, so, and unfortunately, with like Netflix, shows, like end. everybody knows that's binged it knows what's what happens, but we don't. But you know, we know there's mm-hmm. a season three. But I keep saying, like, what I want to see, I want to see Joe in prison, and you know, he gets in the shower and he sees somebody across the way. He's like, "Oh, hello, you," <laughs> and that's what we see. Oh, somebody doing the same stuff to Joe, but in prison and he can't get away. He's gonna be somebody's bitch. Um, oh, that's but, funny. But yeah, yeah my number he has one to be Oh, yeah. My number one tied into yours was just that Joe's a monster. But uh, So what would you have for some notes? Notes. We've went through a lot of my notes. Let me go through here. Oh, we did not talk about that he let the real Will go. Um, Yes, he did. Yeah. So that shocked me. I was like... I was... Yeah, I was expecting something to happen to him the whole time as they're walking out. (sighs) I know. I was waiting for Joe to somehow strike out at him and change his mind. Like, oh, nope, psych. You know, yeah. and he sent him a postcard with Hangman on it. And I don't know. I don't know if they're sending it back and forth. I don't think, but we don't know what the answer is there. I'd like to go back and try and see if I can figure it out. But um, I oh shoot, I think I should have wrote that down. Um, I think I know what that was and I can't. I think it's done escaped my brain and I didn't write it down. I think that you could figure out what that Hangman was on the on the postcard. But I don't know if I really believe it. Like, is there really a Gigi in, Man- in Manila? Did that postcard really come from Manila? Um, is Will really going to just 
let that go? Is he going to just be like, okay, dude, yeah, you're a good person. I believe in you. It's fine. I'm going to um, go on my merry way and live happily ever after with Gigi. Or is Will going to pop up somewhere? Like, did he, because he's a freaking hacker and he could figure out how to like mail something and make it seem like it came from the Philippines. Like you can just buy a postcard, you know, off the internet uh, from the Philippines. And I'm sure he's got a way to make it look like it was post stamped um, and come from Manila. So I don't know what to believe. Maybe he is. I want, I want that for him though. I want him to be happily ever after with GG in Manila for sure. Away from all that. Um, But I'm just curious. Like what Will said, or not Will, what, uh, um, yeah, what the real Will said. He said, you know, I think you're a good man. You just do bad things when you feel trapped. Mm -hmm. That's what he was saying to Joe. And, I mean, that's what we see whenever something bad happens with Joe. It's when he is in a situation where he does feel trapped and can't get out. And so I don't know if in this situation with the real Will, maybe he doesn't feel trapped. Or maybe Will, you know, did the Jedi mind trick to get away. Or are we going to find out that no? Real Will is actually dead. Like, you know, like I think that's in the realm of possibility. <sighs> I don't know. Because I feel like they've done a really good job of not giving us the full story. Like they come back around or something, you know, um, and we think one thing, but, you know, really Joe's really been, um, you know, like with the whole thing in, in the first episode when we think, oh, he really is trying to do good. He's trying to change his life and trying to you know, do good, but oh no, really, he really was setting this whole thing up the whole time when he yeah. got to LA and he, he saw love and purposely got an apartment close to hers. He, yeah, exactly. you know, did got, got one on the second floor versus the first floor, manipulated his way into getting a job at, um, Anavarin. Um, so, you know, who knows, maybe we haven't seen that full, but I really, really want Will to be alive. I want him to be with Gigi. Um, I want him to just stay far away from Joe. Um, and then again, I mentioned mentioning all these things. I'm having to Google. I I, I did not know what a yurt was. I, I was like, it looks like a freaking tent to me. I, oh, I, mean, I just a, assumed it was a tent. Yeah. I mean, it's a night. I guess a yurt is a thing, but it doesn't look like when you Google it and look on Wikipedia, it doesn't look like what a true yurt is. These tend to have wooden frames. I didn't see a wooden frame. This just looked like a really nice big um, event tent. Now. Like I said, like a Lux tent for sure. But um, I thought I, I, I'm learning all kinds of new things. I did not know what a year it was, but this. But anyway, um, so yeah, looking looking up yurt. There was something else. Oh, an id. I did not know when they oh, said, yeah. "What is your id?" And I was like, oh "My gosh, I can't with this show. I have to like pause and stop and Google these things because I feel like I'm not going to be able to understand and continue moving on until I uh, understand what this is. I don't know that I fully understand it because I couldn't find it. I was trying to find a psychology for dummies, um, but uh, the definition that I found was the id is the primitive and instinctive component of personality. It consists of all the inherited components of personality present at birth, including the sex instinct um, and the aggressive instinct." Um, and the id is the impulsive and unconscious part of our psyche, which responds directly and immediately to basic urges, needs, and desires. There's more to it than that, but I'm not going to read all of that because, um, I'd have to read it a couple of times. You guys are smart people. You can use Google too. If maybe you already knew what that was, I didn't, but it was kind of interesting to see that, um, you know, when, how that wolf reacted to Will or Will slash Joe, sorry, um, when they were all in that circle, um, thought it was kind of, um, a good representation of like who Joe really is kind of almost like exposing him. 
um, the people around him didn't know that, but I felt like it was kind of uh, exposing Joe for, you know, who he really was on the, on the inside. Um, and I hope that they really stop using that. I wolf you. Oh yeah. That's going to get kind of old. That's, that's uh, no, just no, I can't deal with that. I hope that it, it, um, begins and ends on that episode and that they move on because, um, if they're not ready to say I love you, but they're ready to irritate the hell out of me with I will few, I don't know if I can stand much more of that. Um, so hopefully they move on from that. But that's all the notes that I have. Yeah, the id thing. So what's interesting about that, uh, three years ago I did a 24-hour film race. And uh, the subject of that was basically uh, ids. Really? Yeah. It's called To the Edge, if anybody is ever interested in looking up. It's got a whopping 29 views at this moment, so it is tearing up the YouTube world. <laughs> it's going viral, man. <laughs> um, that's interesting. I, you know, I'm, I've always been interested in psychology. I've never, you know, taken um, not like a major or anything like that and done a lot of in-depth, but I've always had a fascination with it and did, you know, um, school reading that was required whenever I was taking classes and then, you know, just some, you know, random things that I would look up because I always found it interesting, but I've never heard of, of the id. So that was new to me. Um, so I don't know, just some really interesting stuff. But if if anything comes out of the show, it's all this cool stuff that I'm learning now, right? I'm going to be more educated for it because it's certainly pushing me to um, pick up the internet and find out what the hell what the hell's a happening. Um, uh, do you have yeah, any notes? The only, the only note I really have, uh, well, there's two, I guess. I kind of I didn't really say it on the first part, but like writing a ticket for jaywalking, like does that actually happen, especially in like a <sighs> non busy road? Guess if you uh, cop wants to be an asshole, they can. Yeah. Uh, the other cool thing was the callback to when his blood dripped uh, when Joe was tr- what basically killed uh, um, Hindi. Was he's like, I don't want another jar of urine scenario. <laughs> it's a good, so callback. a good callback. He didn't forget. He didn't yeah. forget. <laughs> but but yeah, that's all the notes I had. That's awesome. That is all my notes as well as I'm just skimming through here. I feel like there was just a lot of that id stuff, and I just really don't want to read all of that. Like I said, you guys can, if you haven't already Googled it, or maybe you already knew. It was new to me. Um, that was a really great wrap-up. I like that. A couple of interesting episodes, to say the least. I'm excited to see what happens next um, and watch the next two. That leads us into the next part of our podcast, one of my favorite parts, and that's um, feedback from you, the listeners. So you want to take that first one for me, Sean? Yep. Our first one comes from our good friend, Doug Fix. So finally, a head trauma that results in a death. (laughs) My faith in cranial hemorrhaging is restored. The Polaroids of the passed out girls was a bit disturbing, but he got what he deserved. Well predicted on Candace finding Joe via 40s party incident. She be alive. Sorry to hear love's mother's vajay dried out. (laughs) I'm sure Joe hopes it's not hereditary. (laughs) So was the welkined BYOI a bring your own linen? Did we just see a burlap masturbation pillow? Talk about chafing. Uh, I am team Candace. Great move on the Beck book. And don't trust Putnam County Sheriff to crack any big cases. (laughs) Until next week, I hear you. And acknowledge you. Oh, thanks, Doug. We hear you and acknowledge <laughs> you too. Where's Putnam County? What am I? Um, where were they supposed to be when that happened? You know, I don't even know if I paid any attention to that. I don't know. I have to look that up. Um, 
Thanks, Doug. Great, as always. Um, always great to get your feedback on these episodes. Next one that we have is from a good friend, Greg Schwab. He says, okay, since my list helped me organize my thoughts for season one, and there seems to be a bit to unpack in these episodes, 40 continues to be irritating. Ugh, this guy is the worst. And worse than that, I feel bad for him. Considering my relatively sheltered 13-year-old son in the arms of a 19-year-old caretaker, I think I'd have some serious worries about his mental health. And that it seems that Ray or dad ignores that makes him, again, Ray, a bigger piece of shit. Fuck that dad. (laughs) Agreed. Um, Number two, love tends to show why it would be easy to fall in love with her. When I was younger, I would fall in love with female characters based on the charm and character with which the actress played them. Specifically, Eliza Doolittle, Kat Stratford, and Cameron Diaz's Mary, to name a few. Love evokes some memories of those emotions. I think due to the actress's ability to convey vulnerability with her eyes and facial expressions. Although you can see the nostril flaring when she starts to get wound up. And that just makes me wonder how Joe doesn't clue into it. Oh, that is a good tell, Greg. Yeah. Good pick. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. I guess I just didn't make that connection, but you can see the, those nostrils flaring when she starts um, kind of breathing hard. Number three, Candace reminds me of J-Lo in Enough. I'm impressed with the fight as opposed to flight, and she's got to think she's lucky to be alive. And I sympathize. And I sympathize more if she's trying to protect the family from Joe. But how did she recognize that Joe was the guy behind Beck? She said, you did it again, didn't you? When referring to the book in episode one. But it didn't seem like there were any connections unless he was named in the book. Uh, I thought Candace showed up in the bookstore, didn't she? Or yeah, during, she showed up the bookstore. Yeah. I feel like she might have been like kind of hanging around town. Like I don't think it was coincidence she just got there. Yeah, oh, definitely not. I feel like she was hanging on the fringes, um, kind of watching keep, and keeping an eye on him. I bet he wouldn't know to look for her. He thought, yeah, thought she was gone. Um, number four, Hendy was not a good guy. If he was just into photographing underage girls, gross. Was there more to it? If so, string him up. Joe was idiotic in his approach and mask and his insistence that they were not the same. Soon as the mask came off, I knew Hindi was a goner. Also, the toxicity screening should have shown the GHB, and then maybe they find it in his drink cabinet and therefore more questions. I don't know the timeline, but it seems like they should have been better detectives before releasing to the press. I don't know if that stuff shows up in a regular talk screen. Um I don't know. I don't oh. know what the when they do a talk screen at autopsy and they're checking for drugs. I don't know if that's one thing that they checked. I don't know that roofies are that a standard right. um, drug that they check, but I don't know. Number five, the Welkind was a dumpster fire. Period. It was like watching a particularly embarrassing episode of The Office. I didn't want to watch, but I couldn't look away from the train wreck. And the mom looked really familiar, but I couldn't quite place her. Dumpster fire. Overall, I'm enjoying the continuity of the season uh, more than season one, although that may be because I actually like Love and her friends until it turns out they're all more fucked up than Joe on his worst day. I now see twists around every corner and I can't go back to my blissful ignorance. Thanks, Strange Indeed, for opening my mind and melting my brain. <laughs> well, you're welcome. You're welcome, we do our Greg. Best. And he did, once he said um, the mom looked really familiar, he made a comment. I didn't add it here, but he did say, um, oh, yeah, it was Saffron Burroughs from... Um, uh, from Deep Blue Deep Sea. Blue sea. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, yeah, if he caught on, just takes a minute sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, Greg. Really good thoughts there. I'm uh, glad that you've joined into the conversation. We're um, excited to have you with us. 
Um, we do have a voicemail this week from our really good friend, as always, Steve Brown. Do cops in L.A. really give tickets for jaywalking? Come on. <laughs> hey, Strange Indeed, it's Steve. Uh, and I just finished watching four. I'm going to watch five, but I wanted to record a couple of uh, notes uh, before I uh, get too far into it. It's uh, it's nice to see that Joe is still adept, not just at killing, but at covering up murders. And uh, he, he seems to get lucky uh, sometimes. But I was definitely at the end, as soon as Forty said he met some, what did he say, hot smoking smoke show or whatever. I'm like, oh, it's Candace, it's Candace, it's Candace, it's Candace, it's gotta be Candace, it's gotta be Candace, it's gotta be, and then of course she comes in. So anyway, uh, about to watch five, and then I'll send this in when I've got them both done. Okay, so now I've finished watching five, farewell my bunny. No, that's six, sorry. my I had to stop Netflix <laughs> net, from, from going to the next one. So, um Really interesting. You, I have to give you guys props. You, uh, you figured out how Candace was going to find him. The whole pictures at the party thing of Forty, and she was going to see him in the background. That was that was really great. It was really cool seeing the backstory, seeing how she survived, and I was really surprised that the cop was so dismissive of her. But I guess if she hadn't been, that would have wouldn't have made the story. And then, of course, at the end there, as soon as Forty started talking about a book again, I was like, is it, is it going to be the book that he wrote? Oh, that's crazy. So it's really uh, interesting to see how the rest of this shakes out. I think you guys are on to something with, with love maybe having some similar tendencies to Joe because she was able to pick out uh, Candace's slash Amy's lie. And I'll be interested to see if Will actually is. Uh, gone for good, but uh, can't wait to hear what you guys thought. I I may go ahead and watch six uh, now. Talk to you later. <gasps> Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Always good to hear from our good friend Steve. He he makes my week. Let's see. Back to my notes. Thank you guys so much. We've gotten some really great conversations and really great feedback from you guys. And I always appreciate hearing uh, from you. So please continue to do that. Leave us some comments uh, on our Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and all of those good places, or you can email us as well. And then um, when you email us, you can leave a great voicemail like Steve. I love hearing your voices. And if you have an accent, like I always say, you're kind of required. That's sorry. It's a requirement. Yeah. Just Record it on your phone, send it via email, and we'll, we'll put it up there. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. So thank you guys um, for participating. I love hearing what you have to say. Yeah, thanks, everybody. All right, so next week we'll be covering the sixth episode from Netflix TV show You titled Farewell, My Bunny, and the seventh episode titled Existential Crisis. Uh, I guess I should have mentioned, I like that she's calling 40 Bunny. I know. Oh, Bunny. Yeah, and she was still calling Joe that, too. It was like just to kind of mess with him a little bit. So, yeah, it's cute. Um, and we're really excited for you to follow us into the book basement or storage unit. Um, but until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Stranger TCast. You can check us out on Instagram at Strange underscore Indeed underscore pod. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at Podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast. 
Yes, lots of great podcasting happening. Gosh, Walking Dead's going to be coming back soon, um, next oh, month, yeah. right? I still got to finish the first half. <sighs> I got through two episodes. <sighs> what, what do we need to do to bring you back in, brother? I don't know. Gotta, I actually forgot it was broke on you there, back so in. I, I just need to try to watch back, it. Back into the circle. Well, I was just thinking about it because I was thinking ahead because um, we're, we're going to be wrapping this up by um, the beginning of February so we can start our new show, which comes out on February 7th, which um, I'm not going to make a formal announcement, but that's why we're doubling up on these episodes. Um, and that got me thinking about in February, Walking Dead would be back, which then that means Walking Dead cast will be back um, on Podcastica. And I think they just did, um, Jason and um, he had a special guest, Ben, um, do a special uh, top 10 video games of the decade um, so go and check that out if you are a gamer. Um, and because we love a great podcast, make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Romance. It comes out every Sunday. What do we got in store for us this week? Uh, we're going to break down some Disney Plus and The Mandalorian. <gasps> so we Shut finished up. it. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited about that one. It turned out really good. Because oh, Rich I, is a huge I Star Wars fan. that so. show so much. Yeah. It was good. That's, I really that's enjoyed it. That's awesome. Did you like it? Did did Jacoby watch it with you? No, it's a little too violent for him still. Um, you think? I started, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to get him into Clone Wars and stuff, but uh, I do have him in Chip and Jails. Like he's watching Rescue Rangers and likes it, so at least nice. have that going for me. Yeah, it's some good stuff. Well, that's awesome. Um, well, yeah, let's be sure to check out um, that Mandalorian this week. All right. Well, that's our show, episode 116: The Good, the Bad, and the Hindi. And have a good weekend, Joe. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Gemma Hall is strange indeed.